This episode is brought to you by the Love What You Do Collective two-day business mastermind. If you are ready to step into 2019 and make sure this year is your best year yet in business, then why not join the mastermind and surround yourself with incredible powerhouse women who are ready to up-level their mindset, their motivation, and their business and life for 2019. Join us for two full days of jam-packed experiences, connections, collaborations, and amazing guest speakers. You can find out all the information via my website at periscopecoaching.com.au slash mastermind. And now let's jump into the episode. The Next Level Life podcast is all about mindfulness, mindset, motivation, and conscious entrepreneurship. My name is Christine Corcoran, founder of Periscope Coaching, business and life strategy coach. Each week, I will bring you a new episode with a thought, insight, or interview with an inspiring thought leader or successful business owner to help you push past your fears, tap into your purpose, and inspire your soul. Ready to get started? Let's go. Welcome to the next episode of the Next Level Life podcast and welcome to 2019. I hope you are jumping straight into the new year and you've had some time to rest and recharge. I am pumped about this episode actually because I've been doing masterclasses all about seven revenue boosting tips to grow your business for 2019. And it's going to be full on. There's going to be lots of information in today's episode. So before I jump in, I would just love for you to take a moment just to check in with what you want to achieve this year. And I know sometimes when we get to this time of the year, we want to be focused on full on looking at looking ahead and what we want to create for the new year. But before we dive into this, I would really love for you to just think about what are some key things that you did in 2018 that really created great results for you in your business or your life? Because the thing is, right, I can give you as many tips and as many strategies as it takes to create a successful business. But the biggest thing that the most important thing that we've got to focus on is your mindset. Because the thing is, walking into this podcast and thinking about, oh, I really want to grow my business this year. But if you are not prepared mentally, if you're not prepared to you know, allow yourself to have that self-awareness, to reflect and see where you possibly let yourself down or where you could have done a little bit better or where you could have been a bit more committed, then really looking at new strategies is really not going to get you anywhere. So I really want you to walk into this podcast with the perspective of, I'm willing to try new things. I am open to going all in. I really could commit myself more, like really thinking about what you want to achieve and what commitment it's going to take to achieve that because it is so, so important in business or in life to really be open to trying new things, but also to be able to shift your perspective when things get hard. So trialing new things is is amazing because business is all about trial and error. There is no blueprint. There is no set way to have success in business. It's really about trial and error. So being able to try new things is, is important, but being able to be open to things when they don't necessarily work and learning from them is, is most important. So if you can reflect on 2018 and look at some key things that possibly didn't work for you and what were the reasons why they didn't work and being able to take self-responsibility and looking, looking at ways that you can grow yourself personally and professionally is probably the first step to really focus on before you start implementing new strategies into your business. So today's episode is all about the seven revenue boosting strategies that I used in 2018 to grow my business and my brand. And I really want to delve into them for you today because I think they were really worthwhile to to grow any form of business or your life because actually these can be quite easily utilized in 
being a really effective employee. So if you're in a job that you absolutely love doing and you really want to step up this year and show your value in the company that you work for, then you can definitely translate these across to that. Then you can also look at what area of your life would you like to grow this year? And you could use the same strategies to actually grow your life in that area because they are key in all aspects. I'm focusing on them for business, yes, but please feel free to apply them to your personal life because they are guaranteed to work. Alrighty, you ready to jump in? Grab a pen and paper, it's gonna be fast and we're gonna be covering a lot of information. So first strategy off the rank is prioritize your money makers and business drivers. So to translate this into a personal life or your uh, work life, prioritize the important things that make the biggest difference. Okay, because a lot of the time we can get so distracted and we can find ourselves stuck and we can find ourselves procrastinating and doing those things that keep us busy, right? We can continuously be busy being busy but it's not actually getting us anywhere. So this is where you need to prioritize and work out exactly with the key things that actually are going to move you forward. So what might they be in a business? So if your business is a service-based business, which is where I focus most of my time, is service-based businesses, is really looking at the key things that drive your business forward, which would most likely be productivity, obviously, being able to complete the service and do more of those services and to bringing in new customers or clients. They're probably the key things that you really need to develop. But but think about your business and where your business is at. What are the key, key activities that you would do on a daily or weekly basis that you know guarantee make you money or two, you know that actually drive your business forward. So if you're able to focus on working out what these ones, those ones are. Now I'm gonna go through seven strategies today and it's gonna be a lot of information, but there is actually a ebook or a guide that you can download on my website. So if you just jump across to periscopecoaching.com.au and then um, enter in your details and you can get the create an, creating an incredible 2019 ebook, which actually has the seven strategies outlined in there. And so you'll be able to reflect on that, the details all through that. And there's lots and lots of information on that book, 26 page guide. But what I would love for you to do is actually choose two of these strategies and focus on going all in for the next 90 days. There a lot can happen, a lot can change in three months. And so if you go all in on two strategies and really like put your 150% into it, then I guarantee it will change the face of your business and change the face of your life. So really delve in and choose which ones are going to be the most effective for your business where it's at right now. And you will know as we go through, you're like, oh, I really didn't focus on that last year. I really should focus on that. Or I really did focus on that th that last year, so I won't this year. Or I'll put that to the back burner for the next couple of months. So really focusing on what are the key activities that created the results in your business or life. What specific services or offerings brought you the most revenue in 2018? Really looking at that because sometimes it's about looking at maybe it's about time to cut some services that didn't really work for you or maximize on the service that did. So it's maybe like when you look back at all your figures and your numbers and you look back and you go, well, there was actually this key service that really drove the revenue in my business for 2018. What I'm going to do is actually advertise that. Maybe it's something that you didn't advertise and it's time to really focus on that. So really focus on those key money makers. And then what are the key drivers that moved your business forward? What were you doing on a regular basis that actually helped drive your business and grow it? Was it developing your brand? Was it making consistent offers? Was it getting yourself in front of potential clients? 
What were the key things that you did to bring in new clients last year? Maybe there were some things you've maybe forgotten that you could go back and tap into. And I'm like looking at your advertising um, or your marketing. What did you What did you promote? What actually drove new clients into your business or drove new clients to your website? So really focusing on those key things that did work well for you last year and maximizing on those for this year. And the same thing, if you're working in a, in a job that you absolutely love and you're like, well, how can I translate this across to my job, Christine? Well, easily look at what are the key things that um, create the most productivity in your job. What are the ones that create the most results? You would obviously have KPIs and the th- key things that drive the business and the company forward. How much time are you focused on those and what drives your business? And I did this when I was working in corporate. I actually looked at what were the key activities that I did on a daily basis that actually created the results in my sales role. So really looking at those key things and you start to notice, well, where am I wasting time? Where am I spending time that maybe really isn't driving my business forward at all? But I know the kind of things that need to get done, the necessities, but maybe I could start looking at ways to more uh, effectively get you know, effectively use my time better so I could be spending less time on those activities and more time on the activities that actually drive my business or my job or whatever it is that I'm doing in my, in my life. So the same thing, like say if you chose an area of your life and went, okay, so I'd like to improve my health. What are the key things that you could do? What are the key activities that you know they're going to create the results in your health that you need to be focusing on? Maybe it's, cutting out certain things from your diet that you're constantly, that you're regularly eating. Maybe it is knowing that the best thing that actually keeps you motivated is a morning routine, or maybe it's the actually choosing an exercise routine that you actually enjoy doing, right? Rather than doing all the things that people tell you you have to do, maybe you realize that when you did these certain activities, maybe it was dancing, maybe it was Pilates, maybe it was cardio, whatever it was that you loved and and actually enjoyed that motivated you to do more of, maybe it's focusing on those. Alrighty, cool. Are we ready to go? Keep moving on to the next step. So the next step is, well, actually, before I move on, like the key things that really worked well to drive my business forward last year, just to give you an indication of how you can translate this, was speaking at events. So it was one, creating my own events with the Love What You Do Collective. But the second one was actually speaking at other people's events and adding lots and lots of value and supporting other people in their business ventures. Um, Really actually helped get my profile out there and helped to build really great relationships. So the other thing was networking. So it was getting out and meeting more potential clients. It was building my network so then more people could refer me. It was all those types of things that actually, so it was those key activities that I knew that grew my business. So I'm made sure that once a month I would sit down and map out what networking events I would be going to, what events I could speak at and how I can maximize my events. So really focusing on what were the key things that that drove your business forward. Step two, how to create an effective opt-in for lead generation. So this is very business focused, obviously, but when you think about it, how would you create how would you draw or attract more clients or more customers into your business? You can use the same thing in your job. How can you attract more results into your business? Or on the flip side, maybe it's on your per- in your personal life, maybe it's for your love life. How can you attract more people to date, right? So really looking at some key things that you can do to implement in your, bi- in your life or in your business that can actually help attract more people into your actual life. Because a lot of the time we can be so focused and busy being stuck on social media that it actually doesn't get anywhere. So maybe it's your dating life. Maybe it's about getting off the apps and meeting people in person. But if it's 
for your business, creating an effective opt-in to get people off social media across to your website to see what you do and get their information so that you can continuously nurture them and add more value and serve them better. So the best way to do this is understanding who your ideal client is, spending some time getting really, really clear. And that may have changed since last year. So it's a really good opportunity to really check back in right now and really think about it. Who is it that you want to spend more time with and how can you get more, um, get more information about them so you can understand them better. So then you can actually offer them something that they're willing to, um, step off social media for. And as I'm saying that, it makes so much sense to even think about that in a, in a, in a dating world, right? Like understanding that what will make someone want to spend more time with you off a dating app. Um, cool. So thinking about what is it they need? What are they currently experiencing that um, you could possibly help them with? And how could you solve a problem or current problem that they have? I'm talking about your ideal client, not, you know, offering certain things on a dating app to get them off. But um Really, I really should choose my words better. Um, so really understanding your, your ideal client and creating an opt-in or a freebie, as some people call it, that people actually want. What I'm seeing a lot on social media are opt-ins that actually are so generalized that they're not effective in the way that they grab people's attention. So you need to get really, really clear and focus on one or two problems that you can solve and help them get off social media. Because they're not going to give you their information. They're not going to give you their phone number or their email address if it's something that they don't want. They've really got to want it. So when you understand your ideal client so in depth, you understand their pain, you understand exactly what they're going through, and you can start thinking about what are some key results they're experiencing in their life right now that I can help them overcome, I can help them feel better, I can help them change. So really think about that. Really go like dive deep. If you haven't spent any time really uncovering your ideal client, then I would implore you that that is your first step. That is the first step you should spend so much time on because it will answer every other question that is going to be opened up in your business. Really, honestly, it's something that is so key. It's probably my in my business coaching clients. It's one of the first things we uncover because without that, we don't know how to answer the rest of the questions. We can't actually create effective offerings, understand the price point. We can't understand exactly what they want in regards to service. We can't better serve them without understanding them. Like there are so many key things, key answers that you can get from understanding your ideal client really in depth. So there is a complimentary guide on my website called a guide to finding your people, which is actually creating an ideal client profile. And I do it a little bit differently. So really understanding, and it actually helps a lot with your marketing. So if your marketing is not landing, it's not connecting with your ideal client, then go across and download that booklet because honestly, it is one of the key things that I do with my business coaching clients. And if you need help with it, just reach out. I'm more than happy to help. So understand your ideal client really effectively. Understand what problem is that you solve and how you can help them further and create some form of an opt-in that's going to help them do that, right? So, and there's so many different ways that you can create opt-ins. There is like online workshops. You could do an ebook. You could do a free guide, an online quiz, a challenge. A, you could do a, create a book. You could do a webinar, a free training. You could do an in-person workshop. You could do events. You could do a free audio. You could do a podcast. Like there is so many freaking different ideas, but I really want you to step outside the square this time. So if you've done something last year that you're like, oh yeah, that worked okay. 
Think a little bit differently this year. Do something different. Make it exciting. Get it. Create something that's going to really pop and make people really go, yes, I really want that. And this is where you need to understand your niche really, really in depth. And that's where your ideal client profile comes into play. Because when you are, when you haven't niched down just yet, that's where you run into a lot of problems because you're like, well, I don't really know what's really going on for them because you don't understand your ideal client well enough. So if you need help with that, obviously niching down is really, really key. Awesome. From there, once you have your opt-in, you can then create so much content around that opt-in with asking different questions. And then have a think about what key questions my ideal client would be asking about that specific topic, like what, why, and how. And then you create content with those questions in mind. So let's say you understand that your ideal client is an entrepreneur and they want to run events. Let's say that they want to run events based on a certain topic. So you could actually create you could create so much around that. So say you created an ebook or an online workshop about how to run sold out events. You want to sell out your events. You could literally go, well, I could create a Facebook post about the top 10 things to consider when creating an event. You could, uh, you could create a, do an Instagram live all about the steps to actually creating an event. You could then do, um, a Facebook live on, what's the best way to sell out your event and why do you need to be focusing on social media to, to fill it? You could do a, a challenge on how to come up with the best event topic. You could do an opt-in on how to create the step-by-step process on how to create a sold out event. You could do a personalized masterclass on how to uncover the best way to, to fill out your event. Like there's so many different ways that you could maximize on one topic and flesh it out across all platforms and create so much information and support. Like that's why you need to understand your ideal client, because if it's something that is not, uh, if you don't understand them really well, but also too, that if you don't know how to solve that problem, then you can also work on ways to collaborate. So if there's some key things that maybe it's like, um, you really want to support mums, but you don't necessarily have children, then you've got to really understand what's going on for them. So being able to collaborate with someone who does have children that can help support you in that area, or it's like, there's so many different things that you could do. So I don't want to, I just want to keep on track here, but think about how you can create your opt-in, but then take that opt-in idea and then create heaps of content around it. So then the opt-in is the beautiful solution that you can offer your clients so they can download it. Awesome. Step three or strategy three, lifting your visibility. This is really key. And especially when you're in early stages of growing, actually it's in any stage of growing your business, because depending on who you need to get in front of, if people don't know who you are and what you do, less likely are going to want to work with you, but also too less likely to recommend you to friends and family. So what's really key is that you've got to understand how you can lift your visibility and where you want to lift your visibility. So you've got things like obviously creating professional images. So then your image looks great. You could work, work with a PR and media consultant to actually lift your platform where you want to actually speak at different events, or you want to be uh, interviewed on podcasts or on TV or for magazine publications. You could jump across to source bottle and actually uh, promote yourself on there, which is a really great way to do that. You can actually tap into lots of different opportunities. And this is a key thing, right? When you see other people getting these t- certain opportunities, and you're like, oh, I wish I was invited to speak at this, or I wish I was interviewed for that. Sometimes we sit back and we go, we sit back and wait because it's like, well, obviously I'm, no one's reaching out to me to be on these, so I don't get these opportunities. But I guarantee you 90% 
of people are actually going out and getting these opportunities. They're not sitting around and waiting for it. They're actually applying for them and sometimes even paying for them. So really think about it. What are some key things that you could do to lift your profile that maybe you haven't thought about that you could actually apply for? So it could be that you um, reach out and you speak at you know so many different free events so then you can start being seen as a speaker so it's really important that you then promote yourself as that as well so making sure you're getting beautiful photos so then you can promote that on your socials or on your LinkedIn or or wherever you on your website and then making sure that your message across all your platforms is really really clear so making sure that your platform from whether whether you're using Facebook Twitter Instagram uh, Vero, um, LinkedIn, making sure that one, you would use the same profile picture across all platforms. So it creates beautiful omnipresence so people can recognize you making sure that your bio is really clear across all three as well. And then making sure your message is really clear. I'm a firm believer that if you scroll three, like three thumb scrolls through your, each of your platforms and people can't understand who you are, what you do and who you work with or what problem you solve, what your message is, then you're not clear enough. So being able to, which obviously, which could also mean that you're posting um, content that is actually not specifically for your ideal client, which again, confuses the message, confuses your audience, and people don't know you're the right person to work with. So really, really key. Focus on making sure that your platforms are really clear across all. Improve your omnipresence by making sure your bio and your imagery is really clear across all all three or four, and making sure that your message is really clear. The next step two is growing your network. So getting out there and meeting people regularly, getting yourself in front of your ideal client on a regular basis and plan those connections, making sure that they're happening. So early on, I went to lots of different networking events and it was really just about finding out which ones are the right ones, which ones are actually do I feel like my ideal client is hanging out at, which ones are the right types of ones that really are my ideal client. Like, how do I explain that? So like, making sure like some I would go to and go, yeah, possibly maybe one or two of my ideal client would come here, but I'm not sure if they'd return. So no, it's not the right place. The next ones would be like, yes, there's definitely my people. I feel like I can gel with them and chat with them. Some I went to that I was like, wrong age group. What am I doing here? Like, (laughs) so really figuring out which ones, and that means you need to actually go. Like, honestly, obviously you can stalk their, their socials as much as possible to figure out if they're the right people. But Sometimes you just need to actually show up at the event to find out if they're the right people. Um, okay, cool. So growing your network, meeting more people, you know, building those relationships. This, this is the long-term game, right, guys? Because it's really important that I'm really clear on this. This is why I said focus on 90-day plan because you're not going to go to one event one month and then you don't return and then people, it builds your network. Like it doesn't work like that. You would need to have to go to a few to actually start building on those friendships and building on those relationships. So making sure that you, like if you speak at, a, at an event, make sure you go back to it the next month and the next month. So then people actually see you, hear you, get an opportunity to speak with you and they start to build that trust and likability. Really key on lifting your visibility. Awesome. Next step. So next strategy is number four, which is being seen as a leader or an expert in your field. This is where I get, it's really important that you get clear on your niche. If your niche is not really clear, then you might be worthwhile spending some time on that. And that could just be your focus, right? It could be, how can I spend the next 90 days working out what is my niche and getting clear on how I can be an expert in that field? And that could be going out there and working with the clients that is your niche and seeing if you like it. Honestly, like, 
I started out early on working with startups and I really didn't enjoy it. I really wanted to get down to the nitty gritty and uncover what are the real concerns and issues and challenges that are holding people back. And when you're in early stages of your business, and I'm talking like your first couple of months, and you're so excited and you're pumped and you're getting, you're getting actually taking all the action and you're um, excited to jump into it. They were not my clientele. I really wanted to work with people who were already in it. They were understanding what it was like to run their own business. They were dealing with all the challenges of comparison and the imposter syndrome and working out how to up level. Like that's where my favorite place is to be is working with people who want to up level. So really working out where is your niche. And the only way I would have worked that out is if I went out and I actually worked with startups and then I was like, what am I doing? I don't want to help people set up their website. That's not me. Like really understanding that I really wanted to work with their mindset and the challenges of of really working on how to take their, their business to the next level and working out what the challenges were with that. So think about how you can niche down even further. Think about how you can be, how you can stand out in that niche or that field or that industry and figure out what makes you different. And the best way to do that is what do you do different? And two, what do you disagree with? This is a really great question to ask yourself because it makes you, it really helps you to, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but it actually helps you work out where you are different in the industry. So what is it that makes you different? And what do you disagree with? Because that can really help you get clarity around that. So what makes you an expert? And it might be really looking at this question and going, okay, so I would like to be an expert in this field, but maybe I don't really see myself as that just yet. So how can I, how can I create an expertise for myself? So that might be really working out um, what is all the experience that you've had over all, all of your life and how can you bring it all together to create a really cool, beautiful expertise and choose something that you're really, really experienced in so you can focus on that. And just focus on that for the next 90 days and then really get clear on that if that's where you want to hang out. And then work out how can I up-level that. So it might be that you create a really clear message or a keynote or uh, an article. Or it could be that you go out and get interviewed specifically on that topic multiple times. And then that can actually become your message. Or whether you actually um, go, well... I'm not really, don't really feel like I'm an expert in that field just yet. So I'm going to go and I'm going to study this or I'm going to learn a little bit more about that. So I can then in the next six months start putting myself out there as an expert in this. So that's really key as well. So really uncovering how can you up-level yourself in that area to to be seen as an expert in your field. Awesome. I hope you guys are making lots of notes. Like I said, there is a free guide on my website called Creating an Incredible 2019 with Seven Revenue Boosting Strategies to Grow Your Business. So you're more than welcome to download that. It's a free download and it has all of this information in there. So feel free to download that. Okay, number five. Let's jump into number five. So number five is asking for what you want and making your offer regularly. This is really, really key. And I find this happens you know, a couple of a year or two into your business, into your new business, that sometimes we become complacent and we forget to actually ask. One, we ask, forget to, we get kind of like um, sales fatigue and we get to a point where we stop asking for the sale or we actually don't declare exactly what we do. So we've become so um, focused on all the being busy, being busy that we actually forget to really show exactly what we do and get really clear and then declare it. So if it is not clear, like I said before, in three thumb scrolls in your social media platforms, if it is not clear on exactly what you do, then you need to go back and create a new post that declares exactly what you want from your audience. 
What do you want them to do? Give them a call to action. Also, I would connect that to some form of value that you've added. So obviously I wouldn't go out and create a person to go, hey, I want you to buy from me. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that with every piece of content or value added offering, anytime you're offering them some form of value in regards to solving a challenge or a problem they're experiencing, then give them a call to action. So it could be getting them off socials onto an email list, or it could be asking them to sign up for something. It could be getting them to book in for an event or a um, discovery call or some form of um, connection with you, right? So you've got to give them direction. A lot of the time, your audience doesn't know what to do unless you give them direction. The other thing I just want to touch on here is sometimes when we get to a point where we're really struggling in our business and we find that things aren't really working, that things have declined and we kind of start stressing out about money, a lot of the time the first intuition or the first reaction we have is to discount. And in a service-based business, and I think it's too because the service-based businesses, they see product-based businesses do this and they see it work for them and they think, well, they should try it. But I implore you, please don't discount. If you're a service-based business, discounting doesn't work long-term. It may work in a very short period of time, but then it can create a really damaging discount culture and it can really change your perception of your of your audience of what you do because they start in the back of their mind. They don't really necessarily consciously think it, but they subconsciously go, well, if you're going to give 50% off, then it's not really worth the full value. And they start to discount and they start to devalue your service. So really be clear on if you're going to offer something special, be really, really understanding of what the language is that you use because it can really damage your brand. So what I would suggest doing is doing some form of value add. So it's like if you book in in the next seven days and you'll get this on top of already what you're getting. Okay. So it could be you get a complimentary coaching call when you book in for my retreat in February. Like really think about what your client will see deem as lots of value and offer that. It's really, really important because you know, product businesses can do that. And especially at this time of year, right? We do like the new year sales and they do the Christmas sales and boxing day sales and all of that. And you think, oh, I should jump on board with that. If you're a service-based business, add more value. Don't take away. Don't have a discount. I'm just such a firm believer in it. Um, and be really conscious of the way it sounds because you can do a limited, limited time offer. You can do a special offer. You can do special pricing special Christmas pricing, like you can do something but really make it be clear on what you do in regards to the language because if you say discount, people are going to discount you and discount your service. Just wanted to get clear on that. So make your offer and make it regularly. If you're not offering it regularly, people aren't going to jump on board and they're not going to purchase from you if they don't know that's what you want them to do. Awesome. Next step. Okay, so let's jump onto strategy six because I really want to keep this podcast under an hour. So what are we on? We're almost half an hour. So I'm going to try and smash this out in, you know, 10, 15. Okay. Number six, clarify and simplify your offering. If you have too many service offerings and you stumble when others, others ask you how they can work with you, then it's time to make sure that you simplify your offering. It's really, really key because the thing is, right? We are so offered so much stuff in this day and age that you need to make it really clear on how people can work with you and you need to make it really easy for them to make be able to make a decision. So if you give them too many offerings, it's too hard for people to make a decision and they most likely will then walk away and 
and spend their money elsewhere. So you need to be really, really clear you know, clear in what result they're going to get from what they're going to do with you or really making sure that your um, offering is really simple. So what I do is, and I suggest this with a lot of my clients, is making sure that your offering is focused on exactly what you want them to walk away with. So if you know that they are not going to get a result from a one-hour session with you, then don't offer a one-hour session. I'm going to say it again. If they cannot get an amazing freaking result from a one-hour session, don't offer a one-hour session. You can offer a complimentary introductory session where they can get a feel for what exactly you're going to get with them, but then they must sign up for an offering, a package, a program, something that is going to promise and guarantee that they're going to walk away with a freaking incredible result. You want raving fans. You don't want a once-off. You don't want a client that goes, oh yeah, it was okay, but you know, I don't know. You want them to walk away going, that was so worth it. The value was freaking incredible and absolutely I'm going to continue to work with them. That's what you want. So you need to make sure that you're encouraging and guiding your clients or customers to actually sign up for exactly that. And that's where you need to stand your ground. And early on, if you're early in your business, I know that seems scary and you want to offer a one hour or a one session, please don't do it. Honestly, it's one of the best decisions I ever made is upping my prices and making sure that my guidance with my clients is directed to specifically on what's going to guarantee freaking epic results. So there's only three ways that you can work with me. One is in-person events. So it's my Love What You Do collective events once a month or my in-person retreat, which is happening in February. The next one is a three-hour business strategy session. So it's three full-on jam-packed hours of uncovering what the challenges are in your business, what's going on, so we can create a strategy for you to move forward. But that's going to give you short-term results. And my last one is my nine-week business empowerment program, which is best long-term results. I have created my nine-week empowerment program based on working with clients for periods of time to try and work at that sweet spot of what's going to guarantee to create the change they want to see and to create an empowerment that they can walk away feeling pumped and excited and focused and clear on exactly what they need to do to move their business forward and already have seen results in that nine weeks. So that's how I want my clients to work with me. I don't want them to work with me once a week. I don't want them like, you know, and just as a once off, I don't want them to be like, Oh, just do one session a month. No, I want them immersive. I want them to actually dive all in. I want them to be all in and I want them to create the result they want to see in their business. Not this, you know, wish-washy, non-committal kind of activity. It's really important. And you've got to create that from the get-go. You cannot wait and expect clients to commit to you if you're not asking them to commit to you longer term. So if you're finding that you're really struggling to maintain clients and you're really struggling to keep them retained, then making sure that you're offering something that is going to guarantee results, you're going to get the commitment from the beginning, because sometimes it's really, really, it's, it's really hard to continuously sell to people. So stop, stop putting that out there, right? So if you're like, I'm going to do offer just a one hour session, then every time you have a one hour session with them, you have to sell them into the next session. And that's exhausting. So don't offer it. You give them a six week or an eight week or whatever you need to know that you're going to guarantee results. You give them options, but prove to them that, you know, like I, 
I absolutely, with every fiber of my being, know that my nine-week freaking program is amazing. So that's why, like, I started out with a six-week, and then I went to a seven-week, and then I was like, no, the sweet spot is nine. So that's all I offer now. So being able to get really clear on exactly what's going to get the results for your clients and then offer just that, okay? So make it really clear. There should be literally only three ways to work with you. Okay, so... Then the next thing I want to just touch on before I go on to strategy session, (laughs) strategy session, strategy seven is when you've been in your business over a year, say two years, three years, and you haven't offered anything new and exciting, it might be time to offer something new. So like I said before, yes, have something clear and simple for you to, for the clients to understand how to work with you and the best ways for them to work with you. But If it's been a long time since you've added something new to your offering, then it might be something that you would consider. So think bigger, not smaller. Again, back to that. If you're struggling and you're really like trying to work out how to grow your business this year, stop thinking small. Think about not, not how you're going to gain the next one client, where your next client's going to come from. Think about where your next five clients are going to come from. Think bigger, right? It creates so many more results. It creates so many more effective strategies in your business because you start to think bigger. So think bigger, not smaller. Create something new and exciting and think about where your clients are at right now. Delve into your ideal client, figure out what's going on for them so you can create something that they really need and think about what result you want to create for them. So it's really really important. It might be that you need to rejig your packages and create something new and exciting, or you might need to just rename something, right? It might be that you're like, well, actually, I get great results in this, but I haven't changed it up recently for a while. So it might be that I start offering a new package that I'm going to add in something extra and um, up that price point or whatever it might be. Also, too, it might be time that you up your prices. If it's been a year or two since you've upped your prices, you really should be upping your prices once a year at least. So maybe consider that as well. So clarify and simplify your offering. Make it easy for clients to make decisions and make their decisions for them. Don't expect that they're going to know what's right for them. You are the expert, so come from that place of expertise and show them what's going to be the best offering for them. Okay, number seven. Let's close it off with number seven. Remove distractions and create more content. How much content are you currently creating and how often are you posting? If you are an online business or even like half online. Like I class myself as kind of online because I, even though I work in person with people, I don't have a shop front, right? So I don't have a actual building that I work out of. I work mainly on the road or um, from home. So it's really important that I class myself as an online business. That is my shop front. So if that is you, then you need to be creating a lot more content depending on how much you're already creating. You need to get clear on what your ideal client wants and needs and create content that is specific to them and give it to them on a regular basis. So if you want to grow your clientele and you want to build your business this year, you need to be top of mind regularly and you need to add more value. So what I would suggest is creating really, really great content and that all comes from your ideal client, working out exactly what they need and giving it to them and do that on a regular basis. So 50 to 100 pieces of content a day. I know that seems a lot, but and this is something that I'm working up to. Like I don't even create 100 pieces of content a day. Like Gary V would create 100 pieces of content a day, but it's where you can start thinking a little bit bigger and a little bit wider and think about how you can repurpose content that you're already creating in a more effective way, right? Rather than thinking I'm going to create one post, think about that topic that you're creating a post about and see how you can flesh that out and cre- create 
content across all platforms, right? So you could take one topic and you could do a post on Instagram. It could be a quote that you grab from Google and you create a quote post. And then you create a story about that. You post the quote on the story, then you talk about the, talk about the quote, and then you talk about the topic. Then you can create an Instagram live about the topic. Then you can jump over to Facebook and do a Facebook live about the counter opinion to that topic. Then you can create a Facebook post about it. Then you can create a poll about it. Then you can create, like there is so many different ways that you can take one topic and flesh it out to create so, so much more. So think about it bigger, wider, more effectively, because a lot of the time we get stuck in going, oh, I'm so stuck in creating content and then thinking about creating one piece, whereas really you should take that one piece and create multiple pieces of content from that one idea. This helps to build like likability and trust. It helps to stay top of mind, creates beautiful omnipresence across all platforms and really helps you stand out as an expert because you're clearly talking about a topic that they want to hear about. So create something that's really effective. The second part of that is definitely removing distractions. So if you're really struggling and you're like, I don't really have time, you need to make time. You need to make sure that work out where you're currently spending your time in your, in your diary. Like maybe literally sit down and write, put it on a diary of exactly how you've spent your time in the, in the, in the last week break it right down and see where you possibly are wasting time, where you're spending time on things that maybe you should be outsourcing um, and then remove any distractions that are constantly taking you away for being more productive. The best way that I do that is scheduling. So I break down everything into actionable steps and I put them into my diary and time blocks. So I work out what I need, how much time I'm going to need per task and then I would put that into my diary. I used to use Outlook, my calendar and I schedule them into my calendar. Obviously clients always come first. So they're obviously in my diary first. And then I would put all the other actionable steps around my client's appointments. And then I would honor those appointments as if they were a paying client. I guarantee that you will have a podcast from me once a week on a Monday. Guarantee. It's always going to be there for you. And for me to make that happen, I need to make sure that I'm creating it, right? So I would section a time off on a Monday where I have an hour set aside for creating the content. So it's where I would come up with the topic, which I've actually pop, I've actually done a planning day where I've come up with topics for the rest of the year. So really, like actually in the next six months, I should say, let's not get too ambitious. Um, next six months where I've come up with all the different ideas. So what I'll do is I'll sit down on a Monday with, within that hour, look at my topic list and go, what am I called to talk about this week? And I would break it down, create the content, and then I would actually leave it and then on a Friday, I've got an hour set aside where I record the podcast. So um, unless I have an interview, obviously, so that if, it, if it's an interview, then the Monday would be set aside to create the interview questions, to research the, the person, uncover what I really want to talk about with them, the topics, and do all the research around that. And then I would record, obviously, the interview wherever that's booked in. And the Friday would still be set aside with an hour to edit uh, create the content around it. So obviously creating the Facebook posts that are going to go out about the podcast um, and then create the the post in my website, put it, you know, upload it to iTunes, like all of that sort of stuff has to happen on a Friday. So if I didn't schedule that in and make that happen and honor that appointment, do you think it would happen? No, it really wouldn't. So scheduling has been one of the key things that's really helped grow my business right from the get-go. Like I 
even before I was when I was working in corporate and I was working alongside and creating my side hustle and as well as studying like I studied for two years so I made sure that I would block out times on specific actionable steps and what I mean by that is that you've got to be clear on exactly what you're going to be doing when you sit down at that time so it can't be work on my business at 6 till 8 p.m that's not clear enough it needs to be specific it is edit copy for my homepage on my website at six o'clock till 6.30. At 6.30, create Facebook content for the next week. These are the three topics that I'm going to be covering and actually getting clear. So that's what I would obviously have planning time and then schedule that into my diary in the next coming weeks. So really I'll be able to break it right down. And the really key thing that I, I always reflect on from the year before is how to remove distractions is what would I like to stop doing in my business, what would I like to continue doing? Because I found it really worked well. And what would I like to start doing? So I'm really, it just helps to open up the different perspective in your mind to go, hey, I really should stop wasting time scrolling through Instagram. Because that's totally me. Um, two, I want to continue networking. It was one of the key things in speaking at, speaking at other engagements and other opportunities. I want to improve my speaking career. So I need to continue to do that. And then the last one is start. I really want to start dancing more. So I'm going to start going to salsa classes, like really look at what are some key things. And I know that sounds like counterintuitive. How is that going to grow my business? But me having downtime actually helps to grow my business. I need time out of my business so I can come back in and be creative. So really think about what are some key things you want to stop doing, what you want to continue doing and what you want to start doing. Wow. I know this has been so, so much information and I really hope that it's given you lots of different things to think about. Like I said, feel free to head across to my website, periscopecoaching.com.au. I'll put the link in the show notes and you can download the free guide on how to create an incredible 2019 with these seven strategies. You're more than welcome to dive in there. I'm also, if you're listening to this on Monday the 7th, I'm also running a masterclass on this topic, the seven revenue boosting strategies to grow your business on the 9th, which is a Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Brisbane time. So you're more than welcome to jump on there. Would love to have you. You can actually ask me questions live. Um, and I'll, if I get interested and people want to want me to actually rerun that masterclass, then I totally can. So just reach out to me and let me know. If you've taken anything away from this episode and you feel like you want to share it, feel free to share it across your to your friends and family or on social media. Let me know what your main takeaway was from this episode. I would love to hear from you. Feel free um, and I would love you to leave a review on iTunes if you feel so moved. So have an amazing start to 2019 and please, next week I have the best interview. Oh my God, it is a must listen with an incredible human being who's created two incredible businesses. Uh, Mackenzie Masler from Cacao Drinking Chocolate and Delighted by Huma. She is an incredible human being and so insightful and love how she talks about business in a whole new way. So please listen out for that episode coming next Monday. Have an incredible week and I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Next Level Life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode, so please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week, and here's to taking your life to the next level.